politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Tomorrow's a big day. Big Joe Biden press conference tomorrow. You think the questions will be pre-screened? Yeah, I do. I think they will. What do you think? Fair bet? Good bet? I think it's a safe bet. Good afternoon. How's the uh, afternoon going for you? Thanks for being here for the podcast. Appreciate it. A lot going on today. Today, Governor Phil Murphy's inauguration happening. I think it might be happening right now, as a matter of fact. I won't torture you by subjecting you to having to listen to it. I'll just give you some analysis of it tomorrow morning. I don't, I don't know. I can't believe this guy's getting a, another term. I just, ah, so frustrating for, for those of us who have to live under his reign, his reign of terror. You know what they did in Pennsylvania, which made a lot of sense? They went to the Constitution. They went to the Constitution and they actually decided to give the people a say in how to reign in their governor, how to reign in the king of Pennsylvania, Governor Tom Wolf. The uh, the Spotlight PA story, I kind of referenced this this morning on the show, but I didn't get into it. Governor Wolf was another guy with his strict lockdowns over COVID from day one. You know, strict lockdowns, deciding which businesses could be open, which ones couldn't be open. Uh, restaurants and bars and, and capacity limits and not allowing catering services and not allowing banquets and things like that. And what the, what, what the uh, Republicans did was they decided, all right, let's go to the people. If he's going to veto everything we do that tries to rein him in, let's go to the people. Let's have some constitutional amendments to rein him in. And that's what they did. In his seven years in office, the governor of Pennsylvania, Tom Wolf, was vetoed 54 bills. He surpassed Democrat Bob Casey Sr. at his 50 vetoes, but not Democrat Milton Schapp, who rejected more than 70 bills during his two terms in office. But, you know, the, the thing about it, though, is that as COVID went on, the pandemic, most of the vetoes were, were about the pandemic, 13 vetoes. And what were those vetoes about? Reining him in, mostly, allowing businesses to be open. As Wolf shut down businesses to slow the spread of COVID-19 and keep hospitals from becoming overwhelmed, uh, Republicans passed bills to reopen parts of the economy. And what did Wolf do? He vetoed those measures, as well as bills designating shooting ranges as life-sustaining businesses, allowing local schools to set their own policies on sporting events, giving counties control over COVID-19 mitigation strategies. In other words, Tom Wolf, like, the love gov, Andrew Cuomo, former governor, Andrew, but now with Kathy Hochul, same thing. Phil Murphy, Gretchen Whitmer, uh, Gavin Newsom, it's same thing. It's it's one guy in charge of everything. I'm in charge, just me. Nobody else can have a say. Not the counties, not county health departments, not local school boards, nothing. I and I alone will decide. They used to mock a line from President Trump's convention speech in 2016 when he said, and I alone can fix it which was a political point, these people govern that way, where I alone can make decisions, I alone can fix it, I need no input. And so what did the Republicans do? Well, Republicans, they, they, uh, they tried to end the state's COVID-19 disaster declaration. But the state Supreme Court ruled the legislature didn't have that power. Imagine that the legislature, the elected branch of government, the people's branch of government, did not have the power to rein in the governor and end the pandemic. And end this emergency declaration. So what do they do? They put two constitutional amendments on the ballot, giving voters the ability to do it themselves. Both were successful. 
You see the, the I always say to you with, with the pandemic stuff, you can always see there's a lag time between what the bureaucrats think, which is usually fear, and what normal people, how they live their lives, which is you and I just living our lives, going out, going out, being around people, seeing people, going indoors, having restaurants, going to dinners, I mean, in restaurants, going to bars, weddings, and we're doing all those things. And yes, sometimes you get COVID, but, <clears throat> but we're living our lives. The disconnect is always that the bureaucrats think everybody's staying at home cowering in fear because they have a fear mindset. That is the fear mentality that they all have. Now, when you think about that, you think about Tom Wolf. He says, no, I'm going to be in charge. Iron fist, boom. The legislature says, we're going to end this. We're going to rein you in. He says, no. And then they say, okay, let's ask the people. And the people say, no, the legislature's right. We want to, we want to rein you in. Isn't that beautiful? It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's a model for other states around the country. Because they tried reigning in New Jersey's governor, Phil Murphy, to a degree. To a degree, they tried. I mean, they weren't successful, and this is the problem. Because the little workaround for him was just that he could just declare another public health emergency. So when the legislature said to him, listen, we're not going to extend your mask mandate in schools. We're not going to extend your powers. No. We got to learn to live with COVID. This guy, Steve Sweeney, who's now a former senator, He's leaving office. He just got shellacked by Ed Durr. Ed Durr, who who this, you know, came from nowhere. Cinderella beat Steve Sweeney. And Steve Sweeney probably would have done better. I don't think he would have beat Ed Durr, but he might have done better had he been a foil to Phil Murphy at any point during COVID, at any point. But instead, he just bowed down, did whatever the governor wanted him to do, and that was the end of it. That was the end of it. So there was no challenge to him. There was no pushback whatsoever. And then on his way out the door, after he realized part of the reason why I got his ass handed to him, part of my French, is that he did not push back on the governor. What does he do? He turns around and he says, we're not going to extend your powers anymore. We're not going to extend your powers. Uh, too little, too late, because unfortunately, the bill that they passed to rein in the governor gives him this little tiny asterisk. Well, if you declare a new public health emergency, you get all the powers you want. And that's exactly what he did. He just declared another public health emergency because Omicron. And that was the end of it. Now, this is this is the ongoing thing with Joe Biden, too. Joe Biden wants to be the guy who's in charge, Mr. Tough Guy, but he doesn't have any power as president of the United States. Thank God. I mean, his power is limited. You know, he can mandate masks on trains and buses and planes. He can mandate masks in federal buildings. He can do those things, but that's really it. But instead, he came in going, I'm going to fix COVID. I'm going to cure COVID. And what was his answer? His answer was vaccines. Vaccines, 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 and nothing else but vaccines. They didn't work. They don't stop the spread. They don't stop transmission. In many cases, they don't keep people from getting very, very sick. I was with a doctor last week who was so sick with COVID, and he just got his booster a couple weeks before he got it. So because Biden just focused on that and didn't do anything else... We don't have the monoclonal antibodies. The antiviral drugs are very hard to come by. It was an all-out and obsessive focus on vaccines. Why? To ratchet up the culture war, division, you versus your friend, anti-vax versus pro-vax, on and on and on, yada, 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 and it wasn't good for the public health. So tomorrow, Biden's going to have to account for this in his press conference when he's going to tell everybody, oh, don't worry, Omicron, it's fine now. It's, uh, it's peaking. Don't worry, but we're not going to give you any rights back. You know, we're not going to tell you to take the masks off now. No, the masks are going to be indefinite. As long as this guy's in the White House, you know, the masks will be indefinite. It's like as long as these Democrat governors are around, if they have the power to do it, the masks will be indefinite because masks are, are, are a point of culture clash. Death Santis and his iron grip on Florida by giving people the choice to decide if they want to wear a mask or not. That's the kind of stuff you hear. Um... 
And then, of course, the economy, too, which is happening right now. This happened on CNN. This is John King discussing Biden's very, 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 very no good, horrible, bad year. Very bad. He ends his first year at around 42 percent. The disapproval number, 53 percent. If you study midterm election campaigns, that is just a horrible way to start the year. We're at the beginning. We're at the beginning. We can also show you this. This study from Gallup shows the decline in voters. Look, at the beginning of the Biden presidency, 49 percent of Americans said they were Democrats. At the end of the year, that was down to 42. And you see the Republicans rising. That leveled out a bit at the end of the year. But it does tell you, uh, you know, Joe Biden and his party had a very tough year. Joe Biden and his party had a very tough year. A no good, really, really bad, horrible, stinky, bad, 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 bad year. Now, you see, the same way that Democrats had a, had a takeover of your health and your decision-making around your health, you'll be in a mask, your kids will be in a mask, you can go here, a mask, you can go here, you can go there, can't go there, you can go there. This can be open that. The same way as what Democrats are trying to do when it comes to the elections. They're trying to take over everything when it comes to the elections. This is what Democrats are already saying right now. President Joe Biden has had a very tough week. Uh, voting rights, it's going to fail this week. It's not going to happen. The Democrats, president, don't have the vote. I, the, the vote. Right, Katie. And there is not a legislative strategy to succeed at this point. You know, the Senate takes up voting rights today, but Democrats are bound to lose the fight. As Democrats push ahead with efforts that are likely dead on arrival. Senate Democrats will begin debate on new voting rights protections, even in the face of almost certain failure. Yeah, and all, no, not almost certain failure, certain failure. Not almost certain. It was certain. A bad, bad week. Hell week, they called it. Hell week. And now a majority of Americans now say they prefer Republicans over Democrats, according to a new Gallup poll. While the left works to completely overhaul our elections, a majority of Americans say they prefer Republicans over Democrats, marking a major shift in political preference over the course of 2021. You see here, according to this new Gallup survey, 47% prefer the GOP compared to 42% who favor lawmakers on the other side of the aisle. But just one year ago, Democrats held that advantage at 49% compared to just 40 percent for republicans they're all just a bunch of insurrectionists that of course was from fox news this morning now you know what's happening right now you know what's happening right now train robberies yes we're living under train robberies joe biden is such a bad president that america has become the wild west again with people robbing trains i mean it's hard to believe until you actually listen to their news report out of california but because people are so brazen right now and they're not afraid of anything we got train robberies back. I mean, the one thing I thought we could all, as a country, have decided we moved on from was people robbing trains. But no, let's party like it's 1883. Trains running again after workers spent most of the last two days clearing the tracks where a Union Pacific train derailed Saturday. Most of what they picked up was not stuff from the derailed containers, but material left over from cargo thefts that have exploded recently. It's not unusual to see people going through stolen packages that clutter the tracks along a good mile of the Lincoln Heights quarter. Train officials explain more people order online because of the pandemic and less people are being prosecuted for thefts like this. Let's stop that for a second. They're actually wondering if all the debris on the tracks caused the train derailment. Because people are just literally, and you see the pictures of it, there's just boxes, television boxes and stereo boxes just lining the tracks. And here comes the choo-choo train and boom, hits all that stuff and maybe it derailed. I don't know if that's true or not. But they're, they're investigating it. They're looking into it. We have freaking train robberies again. Like it's 1883. 
but without the cool mustaches. And while heavy locomotives can generally drive right over most debris, as investigators look at the tracks damaged in Saturday's derailment, here's a question. Can debris end up causing a derailment like this? Yeah. Augustino Baldi is a civil engineer specializing in forensic train derailment investigations. He looked at the images of Saturday's derailment and says it's not likely, but possible. It's disgusting when you see these pictures. Disgusting how much debris is on these tracks. It is. It doesn't look like America. I'm telling you, if you just look, just imagine your mind, just close your eyes for a second, except if you're driving, and just picture train tracks. Now picture every single square inch covered in boxes, and then on top of them, more boxes, as far as the eye can see. It is disgusting what's happening in America right now, because nobody fears prosecution. They don't fear anything. I mean, the cops come, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? This is the problem. Now, I'm telling you right now, everything is so bad in America. What is Biden going to say tomorrow? What is Biden going to say? We're also living at a point now where at any moment now, Jen Psaki said today, Snark said, at any moment today, uh, Russia could launch an attack on Ukraine. (laughs) Because Russia's not afraid of the United States. They're not afraid of NATO anymore. They're not afraid of anybody. They're they're just not afraid. And that is a real problem. But you know what's happening right now on Capitol Hill, don't you? There's a hunger strike going on. That's right. There is a hunger strike going on right now for voting rights. And this is a big deal. Uh, Tens of people, tens of people on the steps of the Capitol demanding the end to the filibuster as they all stand on the on the House steps. uh, Ten of them, uh, maybe, maybe uh, 12. Up 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Can they get 20? Can they get 20? Yes, 20! They're gonna have a hunger strike. Well, all the best to them. See, I would what I would do is I'd walk by with with like see, I'm I'm not a nice person when it comes to hunger strikes. So I would I would walk by with the most delicious food possible. I would. I mean, I would walk by with the most delicious food possible. And in D.C., there's a couple things D.C. has very, very good stuff. Um, fried chicken, barbecue, not pizza. The worst pizza you can ever have in your life. Surprisingly, very good Chinese food. Yeah, no, I know. It's it's uh, very good Chinese food in D.C. I, you might say, why is that surprising? There's a lot of different ethnicities there. I don't know. It's just, in my mind, the food in D.C. is just particularly not good. But they do have some really good places uh, for barbecue in dc i will tell you that that's uh that's one thing and bourbon too but i mean bourbon you can pretty much get anywhere anyway i would just walk by people and just have them smell my food mm, Taylor, you want to go in your for because this is a hunger strike to end the filibuster so they're filibustering ending the filibuster if you think about it these are not very bright people here and they're white and black and latino latinx or whatever the term is men and women or non-gender trans whatever the gender of the day is it's all there as they sing, ain't, ain't gonna, ain't gonna let no filibuster turn me around. Some, some, nothing, I guarantee you something turns them around. Probably the cold tonight. I, I bet you tonight they're no longer on the steps. Maybe tonight, but by tomorrow. Somebody walks by with a, with a pork rolling and cheese in the morning. I think that hunger strike may come to an end. I'm just saying. DC has the worst pizza though. It is the, it's, don't ever eat it. I, trust me. You don't want to eat it. There's none of it's good. None of it's good. 
Now, College Park has good pizza. I know Ratsy's if it's still there. I worked there in College Park, but I don't know if that's still there or not. But that was a great place. I should probably Google it, but maybe I'll do that for another day, right? Instead of just talking. I clearly did not have lunch yet, in case you're wondering. I clearly did not have lunch. Let's cut through the BS. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. America's mother-in-law, Elizabeth Warren, refusing to say today whether Joe Biden is up for the job. Uh, she wants his job, and that's part of the reason. She doesn't want to say he's up for the job because she wants it. Pass this week. Okay, let me ask you about 2024. Do you believe that President Biden is up for the job? President Biden's running for re-election. I expect to support him. The, his approval ratings are some of the lowest that they've been for a very long time. I, I understand that, but remember, we've just finished the first quarter. We're just starting into the second quarter here. So we've got a lot of time, a lot of work in front of us. Oh, but you only have probably less than a year yes. uh, before you lose both the Senate and the House. Ah, all the polls. Uh, the polls are very, bite very, very. Very bad, right? I mean, the, the Gallup had a poll recently that showed a preference nationally for Republicans at a five-point margin over I Democrats. Know. He started the year with the insurrection and a nine-point advantage. No, I know. In the fourth quarter, it was a five-point advantage to the Republicans. So something's not right here. Something that you think... It- yeah, well, you know, I mean, listen, he is the president. Uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who is uh, one of the uh, Democrat... I think at one point she was one of the, I don't know, I think like party bosses or something like that, Florida congresswoman... Now, she compares this to communism, okay? Let's take a listen to some of the things, like voter ID, for example, compares it to communism. I want you to think about something as you listen to this. Uh, This is an ugly stain on our history, and we need to make sure that we pass voting rights legislation so that we we don't uh, get lumped in in the cauldron of of, uh, suppression and oppression that communist countries that my constituents fled from are, uh, are are in the midst, uh, continue to be in the midst of. We have countries like Venezuela and Cuba in our own hemisphere that stop their, their people from freely and fairly voting in an election. And that's what Republicans are driving us towards. It's unacceptable. Okay, so what Republicans who want to do voter ID, okay, it's the same as basically being, got it? It's the same as being, ready, Cuba or Venezuela or North Korea or any of these other countries. Now let's do vaccine cards. Let's do vaccine passports now where you can't go into a place and look at people uh, and, and eat without a vaccine card if you don't have it. Think about that now. In Philadelphia starting today, if you want to eat inside a restaurant, you have to show your vaccine card. Otherwise, you have to stand outside and go, please, sir, more, please. May I have another plan to throw you scraps of food? Eat it, you filthy humans. Eat it. So that's how you've got to be treated. But if you, but, but when it comes to voting, if anybody says to you, can we see your ID? How dare you? What is this, Cuba? Hey, listen. This is Don Lemon now. You want to hear him insult unvaccinated people? Why not? Because that's how you win hearts and minds. Unvaccinated people in the U.S., they're key to the, to the uh, reason that coronavirus, the variants are emerging. Um, and no, that's the reason not. I'm looking at you the know stats what? from the CDC and the reason why it's replicated. Let, let me let me let me just why is this not called out for disinformation or misinformation, whatever the word is? This is a blatant lie. People in the United States are not not causing vaccine variants. This variant came from another part of the world, maybe South Africa. or They may have just synthesized it there. There are there are huge parts of the world where you have very low vaccination rates. And viruses mutate even among vaccinated populations. So what Don Lemon is saying here is just a flat-out lie. It's just a lie. But, hey, he doesn't get called on. He's allowed to. He's on CNN. Coronavirus, the variants are emerging. 
Um, and that the reason I'm looking at the stats from the CDC and the reason why it's replicating and, and mutating, it's because of unvaccinated people who are doing their own research online. I can't do my own research better than experts who's, who have devoted their lives to medical and, and scientific research. Two, because what? We have to start doing things for the greater good of society and not for idiots who think that they can do their own research or that they are above the law and they can break the rules. But whenever anybody tells you for the greater good, run, 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 run like hell, run like hell, because that is the scariest kind of tyranny for the greater good, for the greater good. Bottom line is very simple. The ideologues in the Senate want to turn what the founding fathers called the cooling saucer of democracy into the rubber stamp of dictatorship. We will not let them. That is Chuck Schumer standing up to Chuck Schumer trying to change the filibuster and voting rights. Let me just ask you, though, honestly, I mean, explain to me how they can, because I can't figure this out. I, I can't I can't I can't figure this out. How is it possible that somebody could in a straight face tell you that showing an ID to vote is like Cuba, but showing a, an ID, which is a vaccine card, which you also have to show your ID with to go see a play or to go eat or do any of this or go into a government building or that that is not oppressive. And and they can justify one and not the other. Because I, I can't figure out. I can understand if they were consistent. Be like, you should never have to carry ID around with you or anything ever, ever in the United States of America. That includes voting. That includes vaccine cards. Nothing. But you see, they're not. They go, no, no, no. You want to eat? You want to go there? You want to be on a plane? You want to do this? Show that card. And your ID so we know it's actually yours. How about voting? No, are you crazy? What, are you in North Korea? What, do you want to shoot? What, do you want to shoot people in the streets? Line them up and massacre them? And now the, with the filibuster change, too, if it does, it's not going to happen now. But, you know, if it does happen, what they'll do immediately then, if they're able to get rid of the filibuster, is pass a federal ban on voter ID. Probably in the same bill, it also requires you to walk around with a vaccine passport. I mean, nothing would surprise me. All right, so I don't know if I, I think I told you this. During COVID, we turned our uh, garage into a movie theater slash game room slash home studio for me, which is where I do the podcast and where I frequently do my fill-in work and sometimes do the show occasionally as well. It's also where Patrick's Nintendo Switch is. Today's having a buddy come over. They're going to have a little uh, little hangout, and they're going to want to play the Nintendo Switch, Super Mario Kart 8. So I have to get out of here soon because i got to let him play. You know, I mean, these are the joys of childhood. And, uh, of course, they will not be wearing masks. Because kids don't wear masks at play dates. You see, this is the, 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 the idiotic thing of the idiocy of the time in which we live right now. We've got these, these school tyrants who say children should be in masks. I don't know a single parent. I mean this. I don't know a single parent who's ever said, hey, do me a favor. Thanks for having Johnny come over for a play date today. Could you make sure he's masked up? Not one. I've never had that conversation. And I know people of varying political stripes. It's not like I just hang out with conservative friends. I don't, but my politics factor into none of that because I don't want to deal with it. I don't. I have no interest. Believe me, if, 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 if I'm happy if people have no idea who I am when it comes to that sort of thing. I just want my kids to be happy and I have to get along with their, their friends' parents. Some are great people. Some are great friends. And, you know, others, I just, I kind of get a sense, a spidey sense, like maybe you don't talk politics with them. But none of them have ever said to me, hey, do me a favor. Could you make sure they're masked up at the play date? 
I don't know any parents who are doing that. I mean, maybe in wacky places, like really the far left, like kooky, like San Fran and New York, and I don't know, but outside of that. So then the kids are going to school, and then the, they're going home, and then the masks come off, and they're all hanging out together, which is the way it should be, by the way, because that's normal. I'm so burned by the idea of Hawaii now requiring travelers to show that they have been vaccinated and also boosted in order to go into a state, a new another state in the United States of America. Think about this. We have a right to just travel freely among the states. The fact there's an ocean between a state and us does not change the fact that we have a right to travel freely, you know, freely to go between states. We do. It's it's a, it's an American principle. You know, you're allowed to go state to state without having to go through checkpoints and border control and showing passports and everything else. But Hawaii has just changed the game of that now. So they have a safe travels program. I don't know how this is legal. And how long does this last? So now if you want to go there, if you don't want to quarantine for five days, you must be either fully vaccinated, meaning two doses of the, the vaccine and one booster, or have a negative COVID test within one day of travel, which is so stupid because you could be on the plane and take your mask off when you're eating and drinking and get COVID on the plane. I don't know why anybody would go to Hawaii right now. Fully vaccinated travelers who haven't had a booster shot will have to quarantine in Hawaii for five days. And I told you what quarantine is like. Oh, it's terrible. Because you would think, I mean, I would think to myself, well, if I could quarantine anywhere, might as well be Hawaii, right? No, 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 you don't want to do that. It's terrible. Here's uh, here's what they say now, what they would do. It's, so it's a five-day quarantine. Visitors will no longer be required to fill out an online questionnaire 24 hours before arrival to receive a QR code. But what they what they can't do, what you cannot do is if you are if you if you're quarantining, you can't leave your room or wherever you're staying. You're not allowed to leave. And they'll arrest you for it too. They'll lock you up. They don't joke around with this stuff there. It's like going to a foreign country. It is like going to a foreign country. And because we live in insanity times, nobody challenges this. Nobody says to the state, hey, you can't how do you how is it okay to do this to people that are United States citizens? But we don't think about it anymore. And the same people that will justify that will probably scream about, what do you mean states' rights? And I don't believe this is a states' rights issue because the states don't have the right to deny, deprive you of your rights. Of course they don't. That's just insane. I, you know, I, I, I've had it with all this. I think you have too. I think we, we can all agree we've had it, right? With all this nonsense that's happening, in, with all these COVID restrictions. Because I think it's over at this point. They just don't want to let it be over. They just don't want to be over. Want to hear a little fight that happened on the Senate floor today? This is great. So because of the Senate change in the years ago, if you remember, the Democrats decided to get rid of the ability to filibuster judges. You remember that? And they said at the time, well, we won't include Supreme Court justices. And then the Republicans said, well, we're just telling you right now, if you do this, it's going to come back and bite you sometime. This is going to hurt you. Don't do this. And they did it anyway. Why? Because they're idiots. That's why. And they're idiots. And so now, and so it is absurd. Chuck Grassley today on the Senate to say only one party, unilateral governments, can save democracy. But once an exception is made, and they're talking about that exception just for this voting rights bill, but once an exception is made to the right of all senators to debate and to amend legislation. There seems to be no going back. You learned that. Democrats learned that in 2013 when mm-hmm. they abolished the 60-vote requirement on district and circuit court judges. 
and they live to regret it four years later when Republicans did the same thing when we had a Supreme Court justice up. It's a slippery slope that you should not let come about. I yield the floor. From uh, Iowa, yield to a question. I'm not very good at yielding, but I'll try what I can. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, uh, first, uh, thank you for coming to the floor to debate such an important issue as how to make the Senate work well as a delivery body and how to make our country work well. But I was struck by a couple of things that you mentioned. And that is said, you had stood strong fast against striking down the filibuster. And you noted how consistent you were, but you also criticized Democrats for changing position. But can you help my memory out on this? Because did you not vote to strike down the filibuster on Supreme Court nominations? Yes, I did. So you changed your position as, as well, you would concede, since previously you had a- No, because the point that Chuck Grassley's making Senator, let me help you out here. The point that Chuck Grassley's making, and it's very, very, you know, tone, is that once you open this door, the door's open and you're never closing it. So if you get rid of the filibuster for judges, then what's going to happen is, because you're idiots and you don't realize this, Republicans are going to get rid of it for the Supreme Court. And if you get rid of the filibuster now because you think voting rights, quote-unquote, are so important, then they're going to get rid of it for their thing. That's the point Chuck Grassley's making. How is it you don't see this, genius? Opposed getting rid of the filibuster? Uh, the answer is yes, but remember, remember what I said, and I just said it, so you right. obviously he heard just me. said it. That we warned in 2013 when I think all Republicans voted against uh, reducing the 60 vote down for district court and uh, circuit court judges so you could pack the uh, D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals that you'd regret that. Mm -hmm. And you have mm -hmm. regretted it because Republicans were saying in 2017, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And we voted, we voted to reduce it uh, then for a Supreme Court justice. And uh, now I'm sure that from your point of view, you have a Supreme Court that's not very favorable to what you think a Supreme Court ought to be doing with the three people that Trump put on there. So that's, that's where I'm coming from. Well, I do appreciate your response, and it's so rare we actually have any sort of dialogue on the floor of the Senate. It's one of the things we, we've, we've lost. I do recall... Yeah, and you know what? Um, getting rid of the filibuster will, will destroy the need for any dialogue. I mean, think about that for a second. Let's just go with this Democrat senator's point. You get rid of the filibuster, there's no reason for dialogue because whatever the majority wants, that's it. They get it. You don't have to persuade your colleagues in the minority anymore because you'll just have whatever, if you get 51 votes, you have 51 votes, that's it. Or 50 votes plus the vice president, which would make it 51 votes, and that's all you need. That's it. What would you? Why would you have to have dialogue and debate? If you don't need any more than just a simple majority, what's the point? What, where, where is the art of persuasion then? I mean, it might, might be nice to get more votes in 50 plus one, but all you need is 50 plus one for it to pass. So what's the point of that? You're literally proving the point of why the filibuster would destroy debate in the Senate. 
call in that moment that for over a year we had working groups trying to resolve uh, the extraordinary level, new level of cloture motions on President Obama's nominations. It concluded in a meeting in the old Senate chamber where the agreement was reached to uh, stop doing that. And then as you point out, uh, Mitch McConnell came to the floor and he said, it doesn't matter the quality of the individual who is nominated, I will not let any judge be considered for these three vacancies. That is a completely unprecedented new element that was brought in to bear on that particular so you see what the Democrats do is they always have an asterisk, right? Well, we, because we, you heard Chuck Schumer earlier, and I played you the clip of going, we're not going to allow this to the cauldron, the simmering sauce or whatever he said. But then they go, but you're, but you were being bad. That's how Biden justifies it right now. Biden, who for years screamed at the top of his lungs about what would happen if the filibuster went away and that no less than the destruction of the U.S. Senate. Their argument now is, well, yeah, but the Republicans are being meanie pants and they can't work with us on anything. So everything I said before doesn't matter because they're just being big meanies. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying to you. All right, my wife's told me I got to wrap it up, so I'm going to wrap it up because I got you know it's it's I want to let Patrick have his his switch time. Oh, Super Mario Kart Eight. I got money on this, you know. Or big money on this. I'm going to be throwing the parents be throwing money. Come on, Luigi. Come on, Donkey Kong. Let's go. My son better win. I told him too. If he doesn't win, don't come home. I mean, even though he's right in the same house, but still, I said, I only want winners in this family. Just winners. That's how we roll in the Zioli house. You better beat him at Donkey Kong or Super Mario Kart if you want to sleep in my home tonight. Obviously, I'm just kidding in case anybody's going to write a letter. Just two out of three. They just have to be two out of three. Not unanimous. It doesn't have to win every game. All right, have a great rest of every day. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Tomorrow's Biden's big press conference. I will have extensive, extra special podcast coverage for you tomorrow. Ooh, maybe I'll take it live. Just like in the old days when I was on in the afternoons. What do you think? That could be fun. All right, I think it's a good plan. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it.